You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Now, the Franchise NBA Insider Show. Jerry Ramsey and John Hamm break down the NBA and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Stats, analysis, and opinions. From the peak, to the locker room, to the road. No one has you covered like the Franchise NBA Insiders. Oh, you lucky people. Buenos dias. It is the Franchise Thunder Insiders show. (laughs) It is August 10th. And we still got it rolling, John. We originally came up with the concept of the Franchise Thunder Insiders show. They were out of the playoffs. They yep. didn't make the playoffs that year. It was the uh, was it the, the, what do you call it? The plagues of Egypt. Season. Yeah, the plagues yes. of Egypt. Uh, and we said, okay, well, we need a show to carry us through the playoffs, and you know, yeah. we'll get there. And we actually sold the idea to Hall of Famer Randy Heights. He thought it was good. We did it right. Yeah. Here we are, years later, and Randy. I'm dead serious. I talked to Randy Heights. I was like, uh, Thunder Insider Show. So we're pretty much a wrap, right? Yep. He said, No, we got to keep that going. With enthusiasm. Oh. Randy Heights with the new enthusiasm about the Franchise Thunder Insider Show in August. So, And, I mean, while there's preseason football going on. <laughs> yes. We are talking basketball in the midst of Kyler Murray going 6 of 7 in his professional debut. Look at you, you saucy, saucy little of feller. Antonio Brown. <laughs> And his problems from his head to his toes. He has pro's foot, first of all. (laughs) That's what he has, his pro's foot. But we're here to talk basketball. Yeah, and and then we got some stuff. Actually, there's some stuff in the news, and we'll get to it in a little bit. But this is going to be uh, the first episode that we ever do where we'll actually do an entire segment of football. Uh, I, obviously, from 12 to 3, do the franchise players with Gabe and Kelly. And uh, actually, we got some... uh, some cool news coming up on Monday, but the show is going to get bigger. It's going to be fantastic. Wow. I know. You don't know. I'm going to tell you during the break. No. Brady Trantham. Okay. Lead writer for the Oklahoma City Thunder on our French, the franchiseok.com. Uh, you do a fantastic job. Anything breaks, anything moves. Uh, you got your paw prints all over the website and you get it done. Great job this season and it's going to continue forever. But because I guess we have on a lifetime contract. <laughs> You're also doing a new podcast with the John Hoover. And uh, the John Hoover's on the drive from six to eight and one of the most reputable, if not the most reputable uh, guy in the media when it comes to uh, OU football. But you and John have a new podcast, right? Yeah, it's called Inside OU. Um uh, it's available just like OKC82 that I do with Madison and Chisholm on Mondays. It's available everywhere you listen to podcasts. It's free. And uh, yeah, we recorded our second episode yesterday right after Lincoln Riley's press availability where he talked about Trey Norwood's season-ending injury and Madison is falling asleep right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's like I said, it's free. It's available everywhere. Um, we're going to do multiple shows a week. And we're actually adding a third person to the podcast and he or she will be joining on Monday, and we're all excited about it. And we've got a lot of other podcasts. Jerry, you've got one on the Franchise Podcast Network. Um, we've got some others that are going to be added, hopefully at some point. John's on an, another podcast. Uh, yeah, everyone does we'll podcasts. Pitch now. John's seventeen podcast here in a minute. It's fine. I mean, John's <laughs> a very accomplished too. podcaster. Yes, he's been podcasting before podcasting That's was right. cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, which way? Still not cool. Uh, and two, Madison Morris, uh, all this OU football talk, goodness gracious, 
What else could you actually contribute to this thing? Uh, so this season, I have the pleasure of covering my alma mater, which is Oklahoma Ada? State. No, John. <laughs> Don't go back. We're not covering Ada. You, might, you might not come back. <laughs> oh, okay. no. <laughs> you guys are making awful jokes right now. I'm just going to go ahead and keep going. So this season, I will be covering Oklahoma State football during the fall, uh, kind of leading up into Thunder basketball. But I'm super excited just to be back in Stillwater. We're going to have um, a lot of writings coming from games, especially a lot of quotes coming from players as well as Mike Gundy himself. So, yeah, you're going to get tons of OU stuff, but I'm going to sprinkle in a little bit of Oklahoma State stuff here on the franchise. So you're going to cover them in the fall because they won't be playing in the winter. They will not be playing in the winter. Hard cut to when OSU beats OU in Stillwater. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, I mean, I kid, I kid. I don't know. Everyone stops playing football in, like, January. Am I wrong? I mean, college. No, isn't the Super Bowl like in February? No, we're talking talking about college. Collage. All right. So, Matt, and then actually, you, you, you actually have been tasked with the staff. I, you, yes. you, have a, you have a tiny staff. I have a tiny staff. Oh, yeah. I do but, have a tiny with staff. With magic? No, no, no. Oh. Um, no, uh, some of our interns here yes. at the franchise, we have a couple up in Stillwater. And so I have uh, a few of them hel- helping me out. I believe it's Sam and, and Miranda. Miranda. Yeah, Sam yes. And Miranda, yes. I haven't met Miranda yet, but I'm sure she's awesome. But I have those two. A girl, I don't, a girl covering football. <laughs> I don't want to overset oh, my boundaries okay. here, but uh, Mike Gundy's never, he's never appeared on the franchise, right? Oh, or has no, he? no, no, no. We've had him once. Once. Because I've heard, I've heard that he's like said no a few times in or whatever. Show, back in the early days, in a show before the franchise players, uh, and we were, we actually had him on at one of his golf tournaments. So this was some years ago. Years okay. ago. Yes. Well, I'm pretty sure Mike Gundy likes Madison because who doesn't like Madison? So you know, oh, maybe nice. maybe we can uh, Honestly, mend some fences there. I can tell you a couple of people. I, in the boat. <laughs> okay, yeah. that's enough. But that's why John what? and that's why John and Madison can't be in the same room together. You that's know, true. You know, Madison. A couple of years ago, you wouldn't be able to handle that, but you, now you're more mature. You're mm-hmm. getting uh, older. You're turning into uh, a nice young lady. Yep. As a matter of fact, to, was it tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow you, I am 24 years old. Not 19, Jerry. I am not 19. You're not 19? No. I am not 19. <laughs> Jerry has thought I am 19 for three years now. Oh, I thought that's, you were older than me. <laughs> that's why you were getting all the gifts this morning. I yes. thought it was kind of weird. No, I'm getting gifts. <laughs> I have a donut. I have some goldfish. And I have a hat. I, I had no idea. Happy birthday. Thank you. See, no one tells me this stuff, Madison. No. If I had known... I would have participated. Well, Facebook would have told what well, your birthday's tomorrow. Yes, right? my birthday okay. is your tomorrow. Facebook would have told you tomorrow. Well, the little schedule that we have up here with everybody's birthday on it, she's not on it. Yeah. Oh, that is ju- t- that is unforgivable. I know. I ha- I have words. I have words. <laughs> so I I'll be honest with you. I have no idea how the hell I found out. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. Well, I'm sure it was on one of my many you know Russian bots. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Madison's birthday, is Madison's on birthday is on Sunday. <laughs> so there we go. So today we're going to be, you know, we're celebratory. Uh, we're going to do football stuff. We're very aware of what's going on today. Later on, uh, after the producer's show, you can hear a classic OU football game. Uh, I believe this week it is uh, the 2001 Roy Williams. Oklahoma versus Texas. Something happened in that game? Superman. <laughs> Superman play. Uh, Teddy Lehman uh, was Poor. the receiver. Let me answer that for Chris. <laughs> yeah, the gift from Roy Williams. Is that, that the game like, where they just ran out of time? 
Was because Matt Brown said oh something like gosh, that in the post game so. show. Maybe so. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, I mean, not to. I'm sure every every call, and I believe it's by Bob Barry Senior. Every call by Bob Barry Senior is thrilling. The game was a dud until the end. There, it was a 13 seven, something like that. It was poor Nate Hibble. Oh, defense! Yeah, everybody wants great defense at Oklahoma. It sucked that game. <laughs> oh, it was bad. Well, that some defense would be nice. Like so, we got to have a comfortable medium in between. You know, just the red carpet of the past few years and that. <laughs> my dad, my dad, and I've been watching like old, like from the early two thousands OU games, and every time somebody has somebody like squared away, and they will make the tackle, and we're just sitting there watching, going, "Oh no." <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's get into just a little bit of basketball now that we're done all this. Yeah. And it is Thunder related. All right, Chris Paul and was it Darius Baisley came to the uh what, what am I even trying to say here? De- the defense, defense defense of the Rich Paul rule. And I for one am not the biggest believer that this thing is head and shoulders about Rich Paul. Yes, there's some implications whenever he ruined the league that maybe the NBA thought, well, at least can someone (laughs) qualified ruin the league and had to figure out something there. But, uh, and then we'll have, actually we'll have Michael Kinney in the second hour too. We'll talk to him a little bit about it. Does a great job covering both Sooners and Thunder. But John, I want to get into it with you. I haven't talked to you about this all week. Is it the Rich Paul rule with the NCAA saying that you have to have, was it a bachelor's degree at least? And in in sports, was it? Sports? <laughs> you got to have sports. a bachelor's degree in sports. Sports. Yeah. sports? I tried to major in that. I couldn't. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so like, what, what, what are they doing? Although I did take a sports history class in college. Really? There you yes, go. I did. The last class I ever took at OU, it was like a summer intercession course. It was the history of baseball. Yeah, exactly. and I'm not like did you I watch Ken Burns baseball. Yeah, we did actually watch that, <laughs> yeah. and which was fantastic. Ty Cobb was a racist, by the way. So, yeah, so uh, I've heard, <laughs> but no, and big on the Rich Paul rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. No, um, I look I, the way I understand it. Okay, and correct me if I'm wrong on this. This is about advising guys that want to enter the draft and potentially return to college. Right? I mean, he can still form relationships with whomever. Right? Um, so in that regard, it doesn't really take him out of that equation. He can still build the relationships. He could still represent them after they, you know, after they actually declare for the draft or whatever. Um, but no, I mean, I do think Rich Paul has shaken up the game. And again, when, when we talk about that, we're talking about player rights and it's something that has been a slow and, you know, very glacial move between the owners having basically ironclad right. Uh, ironclad rights over the players to the players gaining more freedom. Rich Paul's a big part of that, and you know what? It's it's okay. It's fine. It they needed. I think the players needed someone like this to come in and shake it up. And uh, this is why you're seeing a lot of people come to his defense. Yeah, it's uh, the whole player right thing, player empowerment. It's it's weird. Just the transition in the sports culture that we've had over the last few years. And yeah, w- with this rule. I guess you could make the argument that it's not necessarily, like Jerry said, it's not necessarily for Rich Paul, but I mean, the NCAA, we know what the NCAA is. Um, we don't want to look at this through like a BS lens. It is, it is what it is. Um, what I, what I think would be funny, because don't, don't like big universities, like Harvard has given out like honorary degrees to celebrities, 
right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes I, I wish Bill so- Gates probably has an honorary degree from yeah. somewhere, right? I wish, like, because obviously LeBron is a big Ohio State fan, being from the area, um, and he had said that if he had gone to college, he would have gone to Ohio State. That'd be so funny if Ohio State just gave Rich Paul an honorary bachelor's degree and said, "Okay, good, <laughs> we're good to go now." I, I need to make a donation, but first, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Kelly Gregg actually said as much so in the last couple of days. It's like, well, can he just go get an honorary degree? Or right. honestly, hire somebody who has that degree to work under him to do the official like signings and stuff. I'm so glad I had the same thought as Kelly Gregg. That right. that's means so go. much. Yeah. Uh, so okay, and then some has gone as far. Chris Boussard is uh-huh. a guy in particular. Madison has gone as far as saying that this is racist uh, against Rich, you know, Rich Paul, and, and sort of this deal. Um, whenever you look at the rule and what is it, how does it really affect the NBA? Uh, okay, hang on. Catch me up real quick before I answer this question because, like, what's going? Is it because Rich Paul does not have a college degree? People are bashing him for the work that he's doing and well, like the, the NCAA fact that he put has... out the put out a proposed rule right and I think that is going to go through that you have to have a bachelor's degree uh in some sort of sports administration or whatever to, to be, be able, like an agent to be able to agent college okay. college athletes okay I mean I I mean I kind of understand what they're coming from with that but if this guy he has some major players on his side right now I don't think that should be completely the issue um, I've always been super gun ho about guys getting their college degrees and actually finishing college before they go off and do whatever um, that's fine if they don't but I, that's just like kind of a personal choice of mine um, I understand where they're coming from with this though because I think they're very concerned that Rich Paul is going to be a guy that's steering these guys in the wrong direction and then they're going to end up either making a really bad and unnecessary decision or it's just going to reflect super bad on colleges and it's going to start kind of like a domino effect and guys are not going to want to do that anymore. So I kind of understand. And in the defense of of what little defense I can give to the NCAA on a lot of things, um, they do require college degrees for like head coaches. Right. Jason Kidd, remember, was rumored for the UCLA job. Dude doesn't have a college degree. So he wasn't eligible for the job. Now, again, college is over, you know, it can't be overrated. Uh, if, if you can do the job, you can do the job. Um, but, I mean, the NCAA does require this for certain positions, and I'm sure they're probably going to lean heavily on that. But I think maybe they all are also, too, thinking, okay, who, who's the next guy after Rich Paul? And, and can we go ahead and start putting up a couple of barriers just in case that becomes a problem, too? Are those barriers, are those barriers racist? I don't know that they are. I mean, I, I understand that there's obviously a, a <laughs> we, we could draw a line there and look uh, and, and sort of uh, point out that, you know, the, the races in, in the particular individuals here. I don't know that it is, I, honestly. Um, I, a, a lot of people are going to feel that way. Um, but and, and the thing is, I can't come back and give you an example of, well, look, here is a Caucasian agent. Here sure. is an Asian yep. agent. You know, yeah. I, I can't I can't spit out that example, but I would hesitate before jumping to that conclusion. Unless you're Chris Boussard, then you want all the clicks and everything you can. So uh, yeah. sensationalize the media. Uh, that is what we're here for. That's why we're here. Uh, just to sensationalize John Hamm, Brady Trantham, and Madison Morris. Not me. I'm already sensational. So <laughs> no big deal there. Really? Yeah, I am. Who yeah. told you? Who told you that? I told me that. Twitter uh, told him that. And I am the most important person in my life. One zero seven seven, the franchise. One zero seven nine in Tulsa. When we get back, does Sam Presti miss on one of the best defensive players of our generation? We'll talk about it when we get back. More OU football, more Thunder basketball, and more fun. Listen to one zero seven seven, the franchise. 
bet we'd get more Aerosmith today. I'm working on it. Who's that? A real old band back when Only I was... Only the best band of all time. When I was young. I think I got to see him, I think, for eight bucks or something. Oh. How dare you? At Frontier City? Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. They're not... No. <laughs> so terrible. Oh, uh, yeah. Back when, back, honestly, back when I saw Aerosmith, this is a true story, and it was like 1998, 19, whatever, when they had that uh, horrendous song, Pink, out. That is Pink. a bad song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pink. Pull it up. If somebody hasn't heard Pink, pull it up. So I'll pull it up. Can you imagine Google. Madison's reaction if Buddy used his radio connections and had Steven Tyler here? And I just oh, rounding the corner. Like, happy I, birthday, Madison. I, I interviewed would die. Him, and you interviewed I, him. I, I interviewed I would him. equally yes. die. <laughs> so I'd probably go. die harder. So, how's Joe, how is Joe Perry in real life? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I get to, went to go see Aerosmith in 1998. Uh, I had floor seats. I was seven or eight years old. John John was not. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was one of the most like I'm not going to say uh, boring is the word I would use. What they okay? They start out the show behind a curtain, and I guess that's and so we could see the silhouettes, and that's mm-hmm. a, like a classic rock move. I like that, right? Yes. Vroom, the curtain comes off, and damn it, it was Aerosmith. Oh, was like, <laughs> what? Yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> so, I thought it was Third Eye Blind. My, oh man, dang it. bait and switch. By the way, did you? I don't. I don't know if you're included on this. Do you know what Ben Simmons' least favorite Third Eye Blind song is? <laughs> uh, J- oh yeah, Jumper. Jumper. Yes, that was I, funny. I remember that joke from a few weeks ago, Jerry. <laughs> that was funny. Uh, oh my, that and that's why MTV's Jerry. I honestly like didn't even know what to reply to that tweet with. <laughs> Here we go. Here's oh. Pink. By Aerosmith. Today is Madison's birthday. Her favorite band is Aerosmith. And John is wearing pink. Here is one of the greatest songs ever by Aerosmith. No. Here. This is not one of the greatest Listen songs. Listen to him emphatically say pink. Ready? They'll, they'll start singing here in eight minutes. Here we go. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Steven, really give us the word pink. Give it to us. Pink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, What's the song about? I have no clue. What is this song about? I don't know. It's not one of my favorites, so I don't listen a lot. You know, I had a conversation with Madison. I told her, I don't think she knew this before, Aerosmith was the, they sang Fever. Garth Brooks covered Fever. Okay. Aerosmith was the OG. They have a different version. It's very similar. It's different lyrics. Because mm-hmm. they, they weren't singing about cowboys hanging on too I tight. I highly doubt it. Eight <laughs> seconds hanging on. They weren't singing about that. It was more about, you know, probably sniffing cocaine. <laughs> probably. Probably. People in certain locations. <laughs> but anyway, Fever, Aerosmith, covered by Garth Brooks, redone by Garth Brooks. Hmm. Interesting. Nice. Which Garth Brooks eventually did a cover of Hard Luck Woman by Kiss. Yes. Kiss, a better band than Aerosmith. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I am done. I'm signing off. Chris Gaines, a better <laughs> artist than Aerosmith. No, y'all. Come on. Chris Gaines was so good he came out with his greatest hits his first album. <laughs> That's how good he was. No. Aerosmith is the greatest band of all time. Okay. I the will next se- live by that. In the next segment, I want John to just read the lyrics to Pink. I just, like, <laughs> he doesn't need to sing it. Just read them. Allowed. We need Sam Mays to do that. Uh, all right, so here Pink. we go. Uh, believe it or not, <laughs> there's real basketball news here. Um, oh, so so what's going on here? You Tony, freaking kidding me? Tony, Tony Allen. <laughs> 
Sorry, go ahead. Who? Who are we talking about? <laughs> Tony Allen was on a podcast. Oh my God, really? Somebody with a podcast. Oh God. <laughs> my bad, y'all. That's how interested you are in Tony Allen's podcast. Yeah, that's uh, how interested I am. I guess he was on a podcast. It was a, a Memphis Grizzlies podcast because he says the word here whenever he's talking to the dude. <laughs> guess what? It's a nerdy white guy who's the head of the podcast. This was history he was giving him. So here is Tony Allen talking about why he goes so hard against Oklahoma City. The only reason why I went so hard at Oklahoma City, man, was because Sam Presti brought me down there for an interview. And I was so excited to go like, yo, I got an interview. I'm finna go to Oklahoma. I'm finna. Like this, you just, this history I'm giving. So listen, I was going to go there. When? Before I came here. They, oh, okay. they, signed, they signed Sevalosha. Remember? So When, when you're leaving Boston. I'm leaving Boston. So I go meet with them. And they and I look up, I go to the interview, did the workout and all that well, come back. They they signed Cephalos, I said. And from that point on, every time I saw them. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. So I told Russell Russell this the, the other day. And uh so every time I see him, I I would have to go to the to the to the most cockiest guy, the most flamboyant guy that's 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 ready to ride for that team, which was him. You I know, never knew this. You know, KD was always like yeah. quiet, whatever. And you see this guy just so I would always mess with him. I would like always like like we never say anything to each other, but we know it's a it's a it's a real clash. You know what I mean? So and I told him the other day, I said, Man, the only reason why I went that hard because Sam Presley didn't sign me. That's facts. He was like, man, you know what I told him to say? I said, you remember that interview I came down there and did? He said, yeah, I remember. So that was what You've I, never mentioned this. Yeah, I told him, that's new. I'm fresh out the press. You know, I got to give you a little something here and there. What? Uh, usually I don't use the word Sam Presti and idiot in the same sentence. But, <laughs> oh, my God, what an idiot Sam Presti is not to sign one of the greatest defenders of our generation, Antonio Allen. Instead, he re-signed Cephalosha. John, it's just, this, is, this is disgusting. With all due respect to Tony Allen, he's a little mixed up on some of his details. He did <laughs> say with all due respect. I, I did. I did. Um, let's, let's go back in the Wayback Machine here for a moment. Oklahoma City traded for Tabo Cephalosha in February of 2009. They later signed him to a, uh, to a four-year extension on October 28th, 2009. Tony Allen became a free agent in 2010. Ooh. The dates don't quite line up there. They Burn. don't. Now, look, they may have brought in Tony Allen to talk to him. But it's not like that they pivoted to Tabo Cephalosha instead. They already had Tabo Cephalosha signed. So before, before I you know just sort of uh, dive into a lot of this, uh, there's some details missing there. Tony's forgetting, which is so Tony Allen, by the way. Um, but he's kind of got a couple of things mixed up there. It might have been Lazar Hayward that the Thunder <laughs> pivoted towards because it kind of matches up. 20, well, 2011, never mind. He was a rookie in 2010. No, he was he was on that finals team. Um, but no, uh, so Tabo was signed before then. He signed for... Okay, well, John, yeah. I, I'm going to cut you off right at the knees there real quick. They couldn't just dump Tabo Cephalosha and sign <laughs> Tony Allen? Jerry, do you not remember Tabo Cephalosha shutting Kobe Bryant down when Kobe was still one of the best players in the world. Do you not remember that he at was all? Not Co- Listen, he was obviously, he's not even first team all decade, so Kobe wasn't really anything. He was trash. 
Uh, Kobe shouldn't then. have been third team all decade <laughs> this decade. He was, he was total trash. But no, your point being, though, to, really was Tabo an integral part of what the Oklahoma City yes! had go? No, get stop. What are you talking about? Stop, get out of here. Could guard uh, Tony Parker, could guard Chris Paul, could guard. How did the Thunder beat the Spurs that, that first year in 2012? Because Scott Brooks put Tabo on what? On, Parker. on Tony Parker. Yeah. Okay. That was the big adjustment. Brady, did you not listen to the Tony Allen audio? I there? heard him talk, okay, and then I, just, I heard John say that's false <laughs> i'm not saying it's false i'm just you saying did, john his, his dates are a little he's, his some of his facts are a little mixed up there no he's just, i think he's just a little confused he was talking a little slowly he's had a good run y'all. <laughs> he's had a good run he's doing the best he can I don't he, he doesn't play football madison no he, he, I, I mean like he's had a good run where did tony allen go to school i forgot uh, uh, that would be uh, Oklahoma State University. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's he did right. go to Oklahoma State. I did. I oh. did. Because I thought that was weird. And hear the inflection in the interview where he goes, I said, I'm going to Oklahoma, y'all. No one says that. <laughs> <laughs> it is funny, like when ESPN or like NBA TV will mi- like mix themselves up and say the Oklahoma Thunder. It's like, <laughs> oh, oh. no, nope. I'm sure Tulsa right. would have would probably preferred that. Yeah. Brady, we had you on yesterday on the uh, franchise players, and you were talking about okay, so how rare is it though that Sam Presti actually had a meeting with this guy? NBA GMs have meetings with players the level of Tony Allen, especially at that time. He wasn't the grindfather just yet. Um, I feel like teams talk to players all the time like this, or they have workouts. Because who was it a few months ago that was apparently working out at the Thunder's practice facility across Monte the street? Ellis? Was it Monte Ellis? <laughs> um, no, I, I actually, um, I, I think the, a couple of years the ago dude, they might have actually brought him in for the a bit. dude from Sacramento because he put out on oh, his Ben McLemore. Ben McLemore. Like players at that level shuffle around to NBA practice facilities in the offseason. They'll probably have conversations here and there with some team official. Now, I'm not trying to say that Tony Allen didn't think that he was probably going to the Oklahoma City Thunder at one point after having a conversation with Sam Presti, but it, it's not that rare. But right. because he became the grindfather and because we have all these memories of great Thunder Grizzlies uh, playoff battles, it becomes a little bit of a bigger story. Yeah, and Tabo, remember, is the guy that made second team all defense. Uh, I, I know Tony Allen made a first team all defense. He actually told some people about it while he was <laughs> during a game. He would hold up his finger, first team all defense. Uh, he also, Tabo had that season where he shot 42% for three, which was a total outlier, but still. Um, no, like, you know, it's, it's not like. Um, I'm trying to think of an example where you you go for one guy and and you get you know something totally like uh, you know going for Kyle Singler expecting a good Kyle Singler but no like they actually came out okay in this deal but no it's it's not like OKC chose Tabo over Tony on they'd already made that decision well think of some bizarro you know what if scenario well let's just pretend that Tony Allen's on the those young Thunder teams and Tabo is on the Grizzlies Tabo Cephalosha is a much better player to defend a young Kevin Durant with the length. With yep. the finesse, um, that's why Tabo had such great uh, uh, success against Kobe Bryant because Kobe was not a very physical player. He relied on his finesse and his moves. Tabo could mimic those uh, defensively. Tabo would have been a better matchup with Kevin, and I know and I, I still I can remember Tony Allen giving Kevin Durant fits. But once KD got over the the I guess culture shock of that physicality, it was he just dropped thirty on him. All right, so I'm going to give everybody here a task over the break here. Okay, this is uh, so unprecedented, but I, I, I'm going to trust you guys and be able to come up with somebody. Tabo Cephalosha sounds like one of the most underrated Thunder players of all time. I want you when we come back to give me one or two of your most underrated Thunder players 
of all time. We'll get into that because now we have to start predicting on the teams that are coming up and coming forward who's that next person. So let's go ahead and do that. When we get back, we'll come up with that. The most underrated Thunder player of all time. We'll do that next. No one gets you closer to Sooner football. Oklahoma's new sound for sports. 1077, the franchise. Michael Kinney joins us in the second hour. We'll get into all kind of stuff, including some OU football talk, some Madison. We'll talk some OSU football. Sweet. Who's the quarterback? Uh, great question. <laughs> you you mean singular? It's Maybe. also Poe guy. <laughs> I know the quarter. I know him. The quarterback. Such who, a who, nice guy. Who are the quarterbacks? Maybe they go with more than one at the same time. You know what they say when you have two quarterbacks. You no, don't. they don't say that. You, I don't even know what you're going to say. When you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Oh, I thought you were... Okay. Yeah, Call that to that's Landry right. Jones and Blake Bell. I thought you were going to make a bad joke. Oof. I, <laughs> I, really, hold on. Let's stop everything. I'll look at Madison. Pink. What did you think I was going to say? <laughs> I don't Madison? know, Jerry. I, that's there's the problem. Old, like, I never know. There's an old football adage when you have two quarterbacks. You don't have, you don't Bra- have one. Brady, is that? I, have you heard that? No, I never have. Okay, I've never heard it, mind. but uh, was it Nebraska that had a two quarterback system one oh, year where they were really actually Oklahoma State won ten games a couple of years ago where they had right two quarterbacks. Yeah, Rudolph and uh, J.W. Walsh. Right. So and yeah, yeah. Rudolph, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and uh, mm-hmm. OU won some football games with old uh, Belldozer. Yes, he. And, you know, they had three in a uh, bedroom game one That's time. Right. Uh, Kendall yeah. Thompson <laughs> for like five it. minutes. <laughs> Were you that were you that cheerleader that tried to trip? No, I was not. No, First of no, all, no. she's not a cheerleader, Jerry. I I was actually I was still on palm when that happened. We're at the opposite end of the field. I had no idea that had happened, and then all of a sudden social media was just livid after that game, and I was like, What? Was this cheerleader silenced later? Um, no. He had a lot of repercussions though. Did he really? Yeah, he got in a lot of trouble. Do you guys put bars of soap inside a wash rag? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen Full Metal Jacket? No. <laughs> Code Red. Code no, red. no, no, not those guys. Um, not the truth. No, I on the on a serious note, I think he did have to write like a handwritten apology letters to the entire OU football team. Oh, nice. that is such a Bill Snyder move. That is so yeah. cool. No, he like he had to do that. I'm positive of that. I would keep that forever in my keepsakes. In my, I'm sure they didn't even read it in my hope in my hope locker or whatever it's called. Um, all right. So so uh, we're going to talk about the most underrated Thunder players here in just a minute. Uh, I honestly want to get uh, around the room real quick. Thunder news this week. Were you looking for anything? Was there something in particular you thought might hit? Uh, I'm still waiting for some sort of press conference to introduce us no. to Darius Baisley. I'm still waiting for a press conference to introduce us to Chris Paul. Uh, I mean, what are we doing here? Is that going to happen? We didn't have an introductory press conference for any of the draft picks last year. Yep. Okay. Yep. I mean, honestly, that's it's going to be a month from now. I mean, at this point, I don't think they're going to drag everyone in uh, just to introduce them uh, at this point in mid-August when you've probably got people taking vacations. You're trying to get a little bit of off time during the wackiness that is the NBA calendar. I would expect we don't see anything until training camp. And plus... I mean, heck, things could still change between now and training camp. That's a hell of a point. I'm, I'm sure Darius Baisley could have a press conference, but he's very busy making Instagram stories. 
<laughs> he Instagrams more than LeBron after a few glasses of wine. He does. He Instagrams a lot. I need to find him on Instagram then. He's a good he, follow. He is in the city though, right? Um, I think he's in L.A. Okay, so that's where you. I don't. Know, I don't know why. I mean, because okay. it's L.A. Sure, that makes sense. Where they yeah. all are. He's, he's a millionaire. He's been a millionaire for some time now. Oh, Probably. that's right. During, since the internship. Right. He's got liquid assets. Like yes. Mike Muscala might be here in the Metro, but I don't know if anyone else is hanging around. Danilo sure isn't. No. And he's the, little, the little he's recovering. Do, yeah, little do we do know about Danilo. What happened with him? And ap- I can't even say it. Appendectomy? Appendectomy. I, he had his appendix oh, out, Jerry. Say Brother got his appendix out. <laughs> so, and then he'll recover and probably play for Team Italy, right? Yes. In this whole thing. Right. Uh, which, by the way, USA practice. I saw a little blue-white scrimmage. Uh, yesterday, and uh, Donovan big, Mitchell looks good. Big big time stars like Kimba Walker and Donovan <laughs> Mitchell. Uh, do you got either one of you? I know John, you caught a little bit. Do you, either one of you guys catch any of this? Um, I haven't like watched anything. I follow up with it on Twitter a little bit, and there's been like pictures of Kyle Kuzma practicing. Yeah. Um, they had like a like a Celtics reunion, basically having like Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, all those guys taking a picture together. Um, so yeah, good things going on over there. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, you're Boston Celtics. Slash yeah. USA team. Yeah, and Kyle Kuzma <laughs> dyed his hair, which yeah. he looks. Kyle Kuzma looks terrible. Clown. It's it's kind of funny, uh, dude. The Celtics sort of talking around the Kyrie Irving is a weirdo uh, angle, like you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be different in the locker room and with the teammates and getting along and stuff. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so. Uh, C.J. McCollum, who, welcome to the $100 million club. Uh, yeah, yes. just, yeah, welcome. Be, just, <laughs> yes, we are all there. Amongst us, yes. I mean, you want to talk about you know Rich Paul being unqualified with LeBron James. C.J. McCollum is just another jump shooter if he's not paired up with Damian Lillard. Uh, but no, I'm kidding. The guy is absolutely fantastic. One of your favorite players, I know. One of my favorite players. As, as uh, evidenced by the playoffs last season. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but he was on the Woj podcast. And uh, I know you guys love podcasts. Matter of fact, you love them so much. How many? Are, how many are you on? And what are they called? I, look, I'm trying to limit myself down to two. Okay, well, let the people know. Just in case the one person who's getting out of the shower doesn't know right. what's the name of your podcast. Well, and, and it just turns out that both of them are on the same uh, under the same umbrella, the OKC Dream Team. So, uh, the OKC Dream Team podcast, Patreon.com/slash OKC Dream Team. Secondary pod on there is called Thunder After Dark, which is normally our post game pod, but I have been uh, carrying it uh, this summer, interviewing, uh, talking with various. Uh, basketball people uh, around the gl- globe? globe, probably globe. That's the world. I don't know if you know that. That's a, yeah. No. It's a, okay, Brady. Uh, you love podcasts. How many are you on? Um, two, two directly. Yeah, OKC eighty two with Madison um, all the time. And during the off season, we've got Chisholm on Mondays. And we, of course, put this show up um, most of the time whenever we have good Thunder stuff to talk about um, on the podcast feed for those that didn't catch it from 10 to noon. And it, like we said at the beginning, Inside OU for all your OU football needs. And how many podcasts are you on, Madison? Uh, as of now, I'm on one. And it would be the OKC82 podcast that Brady and I do. And um, yeah, you know, I don't know. If, if you guys ever need someone on your podcast. I podcast Network, we need an Aerosmith podcast. I could talk about Aerosmith <laughs> for an hour. I want Madison as Action Sports Aerosmith podcast, right? I feel like you can she, combine the two. She just plays Aerosmith while she does Extreme Frisbee. 
zip lines, right? You want to do this? I would love to. Let's do that. All right. So, That'd be awesome. And I have my own podcast now. It's called Intimate with TV's Jerry. One piping hot episode with Bob Saget. More to come with crazy ideas in my head. So they're all going to fly out of my head onto a podcast. The yeah, way, they are. The way, the way podcasts were meant to be. All right. So have we done it? Have we done our homework? Have we really kind of looked into and Madison, let's go ahead and get let's get a bed for this. Huh? Okay. Let's uh, let's make the bed for uh, what's going to be a fantastic little segment. Well, what kind of bed are you wanting? Oh, uh, something soft. Uh, I don't know. Soft? A little firm though, because I'm older. So <laughs> maybe maybe so I can one of those things where I can push it and like lean up a little bit before I get out of bed. What are we what? talking about? A bed, the Tempur Pedics. Right? Oh, okay. oh, those are so good. Okay. So you think we're ready for this? Um, yeah. Give me just a second. I, I need the to find whole part of me super... talking about the bed was giving you a. Second. I know, but I didn't see anything I liked, so I'm just going to resort oh to uh, the YouTubes. Poor John. Uh, yeah. You're just sitting there going, oh, is this like radio? This doesn't happen on my podcast. No, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm actually waiting on that Monster Energy drink. Finally, it's, you know, supposedly it's, uh, it, it, en- it enlivens you. I've learned about energy drinks. The right. bigger the can, the less the effect. Really? You get like you get like a little tiny whatever pint of something. Yeah. Like it really punches you. And then honestly, if you turn it into powder form. Stiff it, it <laughs> right? It really hits you. Yeah, <laughs> you mean like uh, like like the powdered Kool Aid? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, right. A bed anytime now, Madison Morris. There we go. <laughs> I like this. What the hell is this? Uh, it's called background music instrumentals. Relax daily. B minus slides in one. <laughs> I don't know. It looked nice. It had a good picture to it. it sounds like we're doing it in memoriam. I mean, like- ki- I mean, kind of, though. <laughs> Some of these guys are no longer with the Thunder, so it's like kind of an immemorium. Kind of like my show. Yeah. This is my heart will go on. Uh, it's not, but I can pull that up if you no, like that just- song. It sounds like Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Bedmaker. All right, or Bedwetter, whatever. <laughs> it's your birthday. Okay. You start us off. Who's your first most underrated Thunder? Thunderide. I'm gonna go with Desmond Mitt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, so I kind of had a couple, um, but yes, like, we want one. Of okay, I, I'm gonna start. I think that uh, Serge Ibaka is one of the most underrated Thunder players. There you go. Qualify really yourself, do. my friend. I will. I'm gonna. Okay, so this is why I say this because. When he was here, he picked up that uh, crazy nickname that I really had such a fan with. It was called Iblaka. Yes. And I, th- I just thought that was so awesome because he was so powerful on defense. And that was kind of something that <laughs> I think was uh, very notable, especially now you're watching the Thunder and sometimes they struggle on defense right now. So you kind of learn to appreciate players who came into this organization and really did a good job. Um, so mine's Serge Ibaka because he has blossomed a lot up in Toronto now that he's with the Raptors. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just think that he was a great player. He was one of my favorite players to watch while he was here. And, I mean, he he's just got a lot of power. Perfect name for all of our puns. Power Surge. Surge Ibaka. He had Surgical all of the best yeah. puns to go with his yeah. name. And it made sense. The sweatpants. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Photoshopped. Okay. Brady, who's your first? Um, well, uh, actually, Madison did take Serge Ibaka. So that oh, was I'm the... so sorry. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, I will add another reason for Serge. He became Victor Oladipo, Demontis Sabonis, 
which became Paul George, which has now become Shea Gilgis Alexander, Danil Gallinari, who could be moved for future assets, of course, and then all the draft picks. So kudos to you, Serge Ibaka. Um, I will say. What did Orlando get for him? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Orlando had a basketball team. Um, I will <laughs> say for my most underrated Thunder player, Daquan Cook. Because I like it. I like it. I like it. Not only, did he, not only did he win the three-point contest with the Miami Heat, um, but that game five in San Antonio that everybody remembers James Harden's big uh, buzz. Like, it wasn't a buzzer beater, but it was the dagger um, that ultimately helped the Thunder um, beat the Spurs in Oklahoma City to go to the finals. But the Thunder don't win that game or even in a position for Harden to hit that shot if not for Daquan Cook, who didn't play um, two games prior to this uh, game five. He came off the bench, was three for three, and two big corner threes. Two big corner threes in a game where, if you guys remember, the Spurs had about a 10, 12-point lead pretty much early on. Daquan hit those big shots. The Thunder won that game, and then ultimately went to the finals. With career averages of 5.9 points per game, 5.2 rebounds per game, the most underrated player in Thunder history, Jerry, is Nick Collison. Yes. Oh my God. His numbers retired. Exactly. How, how can he be underrated if his numbers retired? <laughs> I love him. Yeah, Nerlens Noel lost number three. He couldn't wear number four, the only other jersey yep. number he's had because the numbers retired. So now he has to right. wear Serge Ibaka and Jeremy Grant's number. Poor, Poor Nick guy. Collison. Unbelievable. Passing, the passing ability. The the connection that he he formed with James Harden and others that worked out really well in the door. future too. So <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> one of the one of the uh, best plus minus guys, real plus <laughs> minus. Totally underrated. He took a lot of charges. He took bled a lot. A lot. The most <laughs> underrated player. Okay, well, second most. I'll go here because the most is, is obvious. The second most underrated player in Thunder history is a guy that brought championship blood to this organization. He came from a champion, brought it, led the locker room, uh, was a killer guy. Nazi Muhammad? Derek Fisher. I knew you were going to. Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher was such an underrated guy. He he played so many minutes from under Scott Brooks. He didn't want to play those minutes. He didn't have those minutes, right? He had to go to the wives of others for solace. Poor guy. Derek Fisher is the second most underrated player in Thunder history. And also, uh, in a pinch, cannot guard Tim Duncan in the post. <laughs> no, he can, no, he cannot. Oh, man, I forgot about that. Oh. All right, Madison, the most underrated player in Thunder history. Uh, oh, you want another one? Yes, um, that's the, the was two. Let's go with... Brady, you're the two if you'd like. But, okay. Because um, I had the winner. Oh, I'm sure you do, I Gary. Do. I'm sure. I do. Um, I, 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 I kind of want to like piggyback off of what we were talking about a little bit earlier because uh, he wasn't here very long and then he just like completely blossomed when he left and I don't I think people super appreciate him now but not for being a Thunder player but for being a Pacers player and that's Victor Oladipo okay just because I think that the Thunder organization and him playing here in Oklahoma City is really what helped him become the player that he is now in uh, Indiana even though he is like recovering from a horrible incident that's awful um, but yeah I, I don't think people appreciated appreciated him too much here, and I think that's exactly what this team could use right now. Victor Oladipo, good job. Sean Livingston. <laughs> <laughs> 
Not so because of anything he did with the Thunder, but because of what he ultimately became. So technically, he was underrated. What are you doing? You, you're you're okay. saying Sean Livingston. Okay, Jeremy Is Grant. It... <laughs> you Duh. You switched. <laughs> Jeremy Grant, really? What? No, Sean Livingston. You like Sean Livingston yeah. when he was here. The Oklahoma City actually gave him one of his first shots after that horrific knee injury. Have and, you ever and seen, he looked really good. Have you ever seen that picture? It's of the Thunder Summer League team, and it had Sean Livingston on the um. At the scores table, about to come on to the floor, Sean Livingston, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and I think somebody else. And it was just like, wow, yeah, look at that talent. <laughs> Livingston, uh, I believe, signed with Miami after yeah. after he missed that year. They actually sort of dumped him on Memphis because they said Miami said, ah, it's not going to work out. OKC picked him up, um, and then eventually he had more injury setbacks, and he bounced around a lot more before he settled in with the Golden State. Oh, he signed with Golden State. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, did naturally, he, that's where he became did, like really good. Did you did you do okay there? He, he did all right. He did all right. Yeah. Did they? Did the Thunder pick him over Tony Allen? <laughs> yes. Was, was that this? Yes, thing? exactly. Uh, all right, John. Okay. If you don't steal mine, uh, you're dumb. I, I, I'm afraid I'm going to steal it. We'll good. see. My answer is Dion Waiters. Damn! <laughs> Damn it! Never forget when he dunked on Steph Curry in the in the playoffs and then raised the roof just. Dion was, I was like, whoa. Qualify yourself, Tottenham. <laughs> I'm just saying, against Golden State in that uh, in that playoff run, he was a guy that could, you could throw out on Clay Thompson. He could switch off on Draymond Green. Dude was a was a bowling ball and uh, is now like a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. But still, he's like, he was solid. <laughs> solid basketball player. Came a long way from when they traded for him from Cleveland. Um, Scott Brooks and company and the Thunder Org, I think, did a great job of, uh, of sort of changing some of his bad habits. Very valuable guy in that 2016 playoff run. To piggyback off of John, because that was my number one most underrated Thunder of all time, is Dion Waiters. Oklahoma City Thunder went up 3-1 on Golden State. How the hell did they do that? Dion Waiters completely disrupted their offense by being able to switch off on Draymond Green, check Draymond Green, keep him from being a playmaker, and that's where Oklahoma City really, really got that 3-1 lead, Uh, not to mention hitting shots, and God loves somebody who might not be the best player on the team, but sure as hell thinks he is. Sure thought he was, Uh and will shove Manu Ginobili. Oh, when he's crowding his space, trying to inbound the basketball. Without question. Chris Weber is screaming right now. <laughs> he just, whatever he's doing, he's just like, no! 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa. It is the Thunder Franchise Insider Show, whatever. Right? We always get it wrong. It's my show. It don't matter. Uh, <laughs> the Franchise Thunder Insider Show. Uh, getting here. It's in August. Uh, we got a lot of stuff that we still need to talk about when it comes to basketball-wise. Uh, when I get back... <laughs> with you guys <laughs> when I get back uh, Michael Kenny will join us and I want to kind of get into the Hall of Famers uh, that have passed through Oklahoma City you saw ESPN put out their one two three players of the decades uh, you notice that a ton of those guys have worn Thunder uniforms how important is it that Chris Paul is actually here now that the dust has settled I want to get into the legacy of what Chris Paul has done here in Oklahoma City and what it serves for in the future you're listening to the Franchise Thunder Insider Show on 1077 The Franchise 1079 Tulsa KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City KRXO Claremore Tulsa a product of Tyler Media reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week now the big story of the day on 1077 The Franchise and 1079 The Franchise Tulsa this is going to be a fun hour we are celebrating Madison Morris's birthday. Holla! Woo! Yeah. It is your birthday. It is my birthday. 
Uh, talking uh, Oklahoma City Thunder related stuff, NBA stuff. Uh, we'll even talk a little football. We understand what time of year is. And what better way to do it than to bring in a guy who's, man, you're all over the place. Instagram, Twitter, all the finest restaurants, the best in haberdashery in Oklahoma City. It's Michael Kenny. Michael, how you doing, bud? Thank you, thank you. I, that introduction pretty much sums it all up into, <laughs> I mean, you forgot about my my help with the poor. Oh my gosh, me, I did, you're right. Uh, helping out with some of the political uh, situations <laughs> up in the, whatever around the world, but haberdashery, food, sports, that pretty much says right. it all. You are essentially TV's Jerry at, a, at peak, at peak position. He, if, if, if I was likable, I'd be Michael Kenny. Yeah, but how many like journalists, jailed journalists, have you rescued from you know dictator countries like Michael has? I have not. Good call. Okay, yeah. That is a hell of a call. Yeah, so I leave that for the last part of my resume. No one really cares about that. But the fact <laughs> that I can uh, pick out a good steak um, dinner oh. is really at the top. Of yeah, it. listen, I because of my kids, and we're usually eating bologna sandwiches and hot dogs uh, whenever <laughs> we're looking at your Twitter. But yes, you travel to some of the best places in the metro area, letting us know. This is a good place to, to eat and hang out and do whatever. It's I took it upon myself to make sure that someone did it. <laughs> I don't know I don't know if someone else was doing it before me, but it helps me. So that's really all that matters. So Michael Kidd is going to join us this hour. John Hamm, Brady Trantham, like I said, Madison Morris in the house doing a great job. 15. And- <laughs> no, y'all. <laughs> Uh, like another decade, Kenny. Come on. <laughs> oh, I'm bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> all right. So let's get into this. The Oklahoma City Thunder. After the dust has settled with all the rebranding or refurnishing. What is it? It's not a rebuild. They're not rebranding either. They're, yeah. <laughs> refurbishing. Yes. Replenishing. All this. Okay. Danilo Gallinari got a ton of picks who might be whatever they're going to be. Right. Shea Gilders Alexander. We're getting to find out about him. Uh, but Chris Paul. And I want to talk about Chris Paul. Uh, when Oklahoma City first got an NBA team, rookie Chris Paul came to town, and it was a perfect fit. And I'm glad that we have all these ideas of, of what Chris Paul was before the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I kind of want to get that going right now. And Kenny, you're our guest. We'll start with you. When Oklahoma City first got the Hornets and sort of babysat them for a couple of years there, and Chris Paul was here, can you remember and then talk about the importance of what Chris Paul was to Oklahoma City in basketball? Oh, yeah. I mean... People obviously believe that Kevin Durant was the, the first big star to arrive in Oklahoma City, but it was actually Chris Paul with the arrival of uh, New Orleans. I mean, he was fresh out of college, still baby-faced. Everyone remembers what he was like uh, uh, at the draft and all that. And this was when the NBA was still a far-off um, endeavor that would be become what it is in Oklahoma City. But, yeah, he was, he was huge. I, I used to see him out. Um, at night at some of the clubs in, in the Bricktown that was then, which is a lot different than it is now. Um, but he was very approachable at that time. He was, but he was, he was huge. I mean, that was the first, I guess, really sign that, Hey, this could be something we could actually have a star here and have them flourish with someone at, with the, the name of a Chris Paul. You know, that's something to be interesting. I'm sure Chris is going to get these questions at Media Day about how OKC has changed from his rookie season and sophomore season, uh, because you're right. I mean, it's everything that has been all the uh, all, all the projects. All uh, what are we up to? Maps 84 now or something? <laughs> um, you know that 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 keeps 
making things, just improving things. We've got the big park that's going in, Scissor Tail Park. Uh, so much has changed. A lot of it, I mean, the, the spark that started this was your hometown Hornets. Remember that they would have like the giant H and the flames coming out of the top when they would introduce the starting lineups. And, you know, Chris Paul and David West, too. Um, you know, biggest ovations when those guys were here. Uh, Brady, we're of a certain age in this room, and that's why I keep us in this room and I keep the youth uh, back there so we don't get any of this on you. With the pablum? Yeah, <laughs> with, the, with the old stuff. But uh, as a younger man who loves the NBA, and I know you have a passion and love for the NBA, um, Oklahoma City getting Chris Paul and the Hornets, what does that mean to you? I mean, yeah, the, the fit's pretty natural, as we all know. Um, the history that Chris Paul has with Oklahoma City. Um, when, when you're forced, if you're Sam Presti, when you're forced to trade away your foundational s- superstars and Paul George and then a guy who transcends that description, Russell Westbrook, for what he means with Oklahoma City, um, you're going to have to rebuild at some point. And because the Thunder's current situation, the next best thing to do is to have a guy that there that has some type of connection to the fan base because, like you said, Jerry, I mean, Presti doesn't want to call it a rebuild now, and it makes sense because they're not in a rebuild situation currently. They will be at some point, whether it's sooner rather than later, we don't know that for sure. But um, in the meantime, the Thunder can still be um, competitive to a degree. They can still entertain the fan base and who better to do it than a guy who played for Oklahoma city and that Oklahoma city fans uh, at one point really, really loved. Oh, are you looking at me to talk now? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Well, here's, I have a couple of like two cents on all this right now, just because I kind of get what's going on in Oklahoma city. I get the whole uh, transition period that they're going through right now. Um, I think it can be an exciting time, though, and I, I don't know. I, I think it's something that people can look forward to, in a sense, just because there is a lot going on. There's a lot of moving pieces that are going to happen, but I don't know. It's just, it's kind of been refreshing to see everything that's been going on, and um, I don't I feel a little optimistic about it, I guess. How disappointed are people going to be that Chris Paul comes back? He's not the same guy. <laughs> I mean, there's people that are disappointed that he's coming back at all. Okay, I mean, so many people are just just hold that Clippers era against him. It's so you know, it's wild how Chris Paul was sort of beloved here in Oklahoma City, but then he goes to the Clippers and even Blake Griffin too, because you know, just oh, so many people came. Oh, he's such a flopper because you know, no one in a Thunder uniform ever does that. Has ever done that ever. Um, so you know, it's it's kind of funny. People are are soured on that idea to begin with. Um, But yeah, he's not going to be quite the same guy that he was here. Now, I do think, I mean, look, he had a lot of injuries. He's probably going to have some more because that's just sort of his nature these days. Last year was a bit of a down year for him. Chris Paul is still a really good player. He may not be, you know, he he may not be throwing that uh, 98 mile an hour fastball anymore. Chris Paul is still really good. And as long as Chris Paul's on your basketball team, your team is going to be good at a minimum. So, um, but yeah, he's not going to be... I'll say this too. It wouldn't shock me if he made an all-star team. I mean, honestly, I think that there, I think there's a potential scenario where that could happen, but still not quite the same guy that, uh, that, that maybe some of the really old uh, fans are probably used to. I'm, I'm a little bit uh, maybe on the other side, just because I don't know the frame of mind that Chris Paul is going to be coming in with. You're looking at the last three years of his contract, which is, maybe one of the worst contracts in the history of uh, history of civilization. However, he's still <laughs> going to get paid. and But there's very little chance that he's going to be uh, competing for an NBA title. And has he accepted that, that he's going to 
one of the biggest knocks against him throughout his entire career. Well, he hasn't got out of the first round. He got the second round. He's never made it to the finals. And now this is the way the team is constituted in the direction that the Thunder are heading. It's almost impossible to see him being able to pick up that uh, final ring. So if he doesn't, you know, is he going to be happy? Is he going to be grumpy? Is he going to accept the uh, leadership role that pressing him uh, want from him? Or is he going to be uh, a little sour? So, and that's why it was interesting at the press conference, um, Sam wouldn't uh, be, uh, I guess, forceful on how long Chris is going to be here. You know, well, you know, that's hard to say this and that, which means they'll be trying to trade him at any point they can. <clears throat> yeah, um, to what Kenny was saying, um, it makes sense. But for Chris Paul's sake, he has to be a good soldier about this. So a, a lot can change after games are played. I mean, he could be upset with his role. The Thunder could start off in their first six, seven games, one and six, and he could quickly sour on the entire situation. But in order for him to ultimately get to where he wants to be, you know, on a title contender, on a playoff contender, just basically on a team that isn't in the Thunder situation. Um, he has to be have a good attitude about this, and that includes uh, going out there and competing. Maybe give like showing off the best version of yourself, not being the guy who's such a a grinder, a grinding personality against uh, younger players that aren't in the exact position that they're supposed to be in in that particular play. And then also, he has to have a good attitude about. Uh, mentoring Shea Gilgis Alexander, not just for the Thunder's sake, but just to showcase to front offices that, yes, I'm willing to uh, bring what I can to the table physically um, and as a basketball player, but also I'm a, I'm a good team player because um, there is a portion of, of NBA fans, there's a portion of NBA people around the league that have that question about Chris Paul, and this is a very good opportunity for him to showcase the best version of himself. Yeah, and I mean, I agree with that because, okay, Chris Paul, he is coming into an organization, yeah, he obviously has been playing in Oklahoma City before, but that was a long time ago. And so now this is a completely different uh, environment for him, really. And so it's going to be full, full and like chock-a-block full of new guys, but he's going to have to step into a leadership role immediately, exactly what Brady was saying, to mentor these guys because Russell Westbrook's not here anymore. They don't have guys like Jeremy Grant around anymore. I mean, uh, who knows if Raymond Felton's going to be here. They don't really have guys except for Steven Adams right now that's been around this organization long enough to be like the leader guy. And so especially if Chris uh, Paul is going to be, I mean, like the priority and like the main ball handler, he's going to have to be someone that can just immediately take on the role of a Thunder player and just... I don't know, like really carry that out to the best of his ability. You know, it's, say what you want about uh, Sam Presti and the front office of the Thunder, but for whatever reason, whenever players are doing their ex- exits, except for Kevin Durant, uh, the Thunder always find find a way to make a player's exit beneficial, not only to the player, but to but to the Thunder. I mean, with Paul George, I mean, even Patrick Patterson. Patrick Patterson left money on the table that benefited the Thunder. So however they do business with these players, the players seem to have a good relationship and a good view of the organization. So Chris Paul is probably going to be aware of that. He's probably going to experience that himself. And in so doing, he will probably... And of course, I'm going to say this, and the Thunder are going to start 0-10, and he's going to be a sourpuss. But um, (laughs) at least until then... He should be the best version of himself. Well, Brady, we, we got to wait till the schedule's announced on Monday. Then we'll know what the record will be after 10 <laughs> oh, games. Oh, three Phoenix Suns games just like last year. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Super Bowl. I uh, I honestly think that this is a – we're seeing another gambling pre- presti. Scared money don't make money. I mean, and he did it again. You think about the gamble that he took with uh, Carmelo Anthony. 
and really trying to build something special. Well, he built something special on paper. I thought that's one of the more uh, exciting, dynamic uh, lineups that you can find in the last 10 years on paper. I think he did it again with Chris Paul. And, uh, you know, because he could have with Russell Westbrook, maybe went and looked and shopped and got more assets, right? But he didn't. It matched up with Chris Paul, and he said to hell with it. Bring him back. Let's see what happens. It's a gamble. And then, on the night that he was traded, John, you and I are right here at this table, two conflicting reports in five minutes. Chris Paul will never wear a Thunder jersey. Chris Paul's going to be here for the long run for Oklahoma City. It's a damn gamble that Presty did. And right now, I'm kind of on the fence of how I feel about it. But I know one thing for sure. It's consistent with how Presty does stuff. Yeah. Well, and I'll say this, too. In terms of Chris Paul's future, uh, when will he be traded? At the point to where they don't have to give up stuff to unload the contract. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. OKC, they're they're focused on their future. They're focused on, on the assets that they have. They're not going to give – I highly doubt, highly, highly doubt they're going to give up anything to move him along. My big question is – how far away is Chris Paul from being what Carmelo has turned out to be? Yeah. I mean, he's coming in once again with a reputation of not wanting to be flexible, not wanting to change, wanting to have to do things his way. Are we going to see a, a, a deja vu of that very first press conference? Hey, Chris, what's it going to be like if you have to come off the bench? Come off the bench? What the, whatever, blah, 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 blah are you mm-hmm. talking about? How far away is Chris Paul from being in that same type of, uh, viewpoint that we now see Carmelo that uh, has now made him almost, I don't want to say a, a pariah, but that no one wants him on the team. And, not even Team USA. Not even Team USA. <laughs> I think I think Chris Paul could certainly turn into a kind of a curmudgeon this year, but the, I, I would say the difference between him and Carmelo Anthony is I think Chris Paul is much more aware of what he is and yeah. how the game of basketball is played. He, he's, a, he's a floor general. He understands um, how to run a successful offense. Carmelo Anthony does not know how to do that. <laughs> and, and I heard on, on a podcast uh, with the, the writers from the Oklahoma and talking to Jonathan Fagan from the Houston Chronicle. I mean, guys seem to want to team up with Chris Paul again. We talk about all these bad experiences. We have video of Chris Paul, you know, just shouting and yelling at DeAndre Jordan. Apparently would love to team up with him again. So, you know, I do think there are a lot of guys that probably would sign up for it again. There's other guys that, yeah, probably that gets a little bit old, but maybe that angle's a little bit overblown with him. 107.7 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. It is the Thunder Franchise uh, Insider Show. Well, the Franchise Thunder Insider Show. However you want to say it, it's fine. It could be the OKC82 podcast if we keep this stuff up. Oh, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> whenever we get back, uh, I want to talk about something you look at the uh you, you look how their the, the thunder have their roster spread out now would you trust this roster more with chris paul or with russell westbrook we'll talk about that when we get back up with a franchise morning show on your radio and on cox channel 1334 weekdays 5 30 till 9 on 107.7 the franchise One zero seven seven, the franchise. One zero seven nine in Tulsa. We're watching Sacramento Kings Day on NBA TV. <laughs> Remember all your great Sacramento memories. They're showing this one uh, apparently because there was a big fourth quarter comeback. We're in the second quarter. We got some time <laughs> before we get there. But if they're showing like games like that, then on Thunder Day, which will be Tuesday. They could show a bunch from the 16-17 season. 
where Russell Westbrook basically said, we're down 20. Oh, the Denver game. The Denver game. Yeah. Orlando. Dallas. Yeah, Dallas, the Orlando yeah. game. I forgot. See, I'm forgetting all these. That's a, Jerry I, and I would line up for so many post-game shows, <laughs> and we would have our narrative, like early in the fourth quarter, okay, well, the Thunder didn't do this. They're down by 20, and then suddenly they come back and win. That's our Russell Westbrook team. That happened the next yes. two years, too. It was very... Um, as a writer, it was annoying. <laughs> my favorite story about all that, and Kenny, you can share yours if you want to, but my favorite story about that is having to go to Flint uh, after the uh, Utah was killing OU yes. in the playoffs. I went to Flint, sat down like we usually do when they were getting killed, ordered the whiskey, yep. uh, and then I looked around and I said, oh, damn it, I left my iPad. <laughs> and so I had to run back to the stadium, and I get there in the third quarter. And the crowd is on fire. They're going nuts like a hot tag in WWE. And I said, I'm going to sit here to see how long this run happens. And that's the 25-point comeback. Yeah. Yeah. Alex Brands put the clamps on uh, old Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's one of my favorite. Uh, we had this whole thing set up. And the next thing you know, we had to do a, a victory. Do you have something there? You got all your stuff written up. And the damn thunder make you rewrite your story? We were just talking about the uh, Thunder-Minnesota uh, game, the one that won the triple overtime. But yeah. people forgot, they were kind of getting beat pretty bad uh, in the fourth quarter. I literally, I was sitting courtside, and I said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and head to the uh, <laughs> media room, media room <laughs> and just start writing this up. I didn't want to hear any more. There was people behind me who were just talking noise, who didn't know what they were talking about. The lady was screaming, Rest book for every time he got fouled, so I wanted to get away from her. <laughs> and so I went back, and I'm writing. I, I, most people who know who ever see me, I always have my headphones on, so I'm not paying attention. <laughs> and the next thing I know, I say, wait, why is this game still going on? And so, oh, they're in overtime. Yeah. So now I'm trying to get back to my seat, and I have to coax my way in. Why did you leave? said, well, I have business. Don't worry about it. <laughs> was that was that the triple overtime game where Kevin Love had like fifty points? Yeah, so yeah, we were just oh, talking about okay. that. Kevin, yes. Kevin, the real Kevin Love. I remember I watched that. Um, I watched that at the gym, <laughs> and I, I I did like an hour and a half at the gym that day because in college I used to actually care. And were you, uh, sh- were you ripped? Nah, not really. <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was doing, Jerry. You shredded. Um, but anyway, like I, I stopped paying attention, and then like right as I was walking out of the gym, um, the game was still on. I was like, "Oh, never mind." Yeah. So we were throwing games out, Brady and Madison. You can throw in, in your uh, suggestion you want to for Tuesday Thunder Day. Mm-hmm. What games should they play? What games should they run? You think about the most memorable Thunder games, and me being the pessimist, I'm like, all I can think are losses. Um, how about game three, uh, 2010 first round when y- you see the clip all the time recycled on Twitter where, uh, Kevin Durant hits a jumper, Russell Westbrook hits a jumper, then James Harden hits a three point shot. And that's like on, on the same team. Oh yeah. Like, at one point <laughs> I had no idea they were all on the same team. Gather same around time. and I shall tell you a tale. Amazing. Um, that or, Oh, game five, San Antonio. The one that I was talking about with the, the Daquan Cook game, as I like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can he get a game, you think? Uh, probably the um, when they played the Lakers for the first time in the playoffs, uh, the closeout game for the Lakers here in Oklahoma City. That's a loss, though. Well, I'm a Laker fan, so that <laughs> so, But to me, that set the stage for everything else that was I agree with that, that set them up to let them know that they could play with the bigger boys. They could play with who was going to end up being the, the, the uh, NBA champions. And many people thought that they had a chance to beat uh, that Lakers squad and probably should have if, like you said, Nicholson um, box out. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I was so wet behind the ears back then thinking about watching that. I suppose we're wet all over now. Uh, but uh, Kobe saying 
I, I remember in these post you know post game uh you know post game things he was saying this is man this is an athletic team this is like these guys are no jokes and just seeing Kobe Bryant who had no respect for anyone including his teammates most of the time <laughs> right show the ultimate respect to the Oklahoma City squad I said well, this this kind of is something special yeah no th- there are a lot of I think great playoff games that we can talk about that uh, you know look uh, there was the uh, the Clippers uh, against the Clippers in the playoffs where OKC was down by what eight with like forty seconds. I, I left the bar. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was like, this this series is over. Was that yeah. the uh, Wrestle Westbrook free throw game? No, no, was no that was against uh, Memphis, right? Where Kevin Durant couldn't look? No, that was the Clippers. That was that well, game. That was the Clippers. That was. Okay, no, sit, so, yeah, Russell threw, up, yeah. Yeah. Russell threw up just a trash three-pointer, yeah. and Chris Paul what? fouled him. Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> that is amazing. That is out of character. <laughs> um, so much today. <laughs> yeah, Kevin was sitting on his butt, couldn't even yeah. watch. No, yep. that's right. You're, you're exactly right. So there was that one. Uh, so many OKC Memphis Grizzlies mm. uh, basketball games, triple overtime oh, thrillers. I, I don't even know why I didn't say that. That was... The Reggie Jackson game? Yeah. Yeah, save their bacon that postseason. He was really good. Actually, speaking of the Detroit Pistons, Jerry, uh, the best (laughs) game that I've ever been uh, Thunderwise in person was this past Detroit-Oklahoma City game. Like Russell Westbrook had that cool spin move in the lane, and he threw it behind him to Stephen Adams for a dunk. And then Blake Griffin went off. He was like 9 of 9 from the three-point line. It was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, uh, regular season games, I, the ones that we think of as the most memorable are usually ones that come out on, on the short end, right? Yeah, yeah. Those, those Golden State games. I mean, even the one where Kevin Durant came back is, like, memorable, but it was the closest blowout I've ever seen, right? They lost by 20 or so, but it was still a competitive game somehow. Or even the the one where the one that sticks out the most to me is when Perk and um, – Zebo got in a fight back in the tunnels. Oh yeah! <laughs> yeah forget what, everything that was happening what, on the court. Once again, out of character. Put hands to hands. Oh, no, no, no. Dame time was born in Oklahoma City. Remember the Thunder had that big lead over the Trailblazers, and then Lillard just went off in the final like minute and five, and hit the big shot to win the game with a few seconds left. The Thunder ran an out of bounds play, and they failed. They lost the game. And then Serge got in a fight with somebody in the crowd, and they were like, like. Uh, uh, Portland players, family members in the crowd that were getting in a fight or something. Yeah, like, do you guys remember I, yeah, that? I, I yeah. think I do, yeah. I that was awesome. I do like that we have more than one story of Thunder families getting yeah, into a fight. So. We haven't even got to Vanity Perkins yet. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not going to. We're not going to the franchise. 107.9 in Tulsa. We were talking about Chris Paul, and we talked about his legacy here in Oklahoma City. Uh, whenever he does actually come back and he solidifies himself here, whether it's media day and afterwards or whatever, how long he's going to be here. But you look at how they assembled this uh, roster. What if, let's play some what if real quick because it is August 10th. What if Sam Presti could not have moved Russell Westbrook? Do you think that he would have been able to handle the roster has assembled around him? I mean, we talk about Chris Paul being a curmudgeon. And Brady, I'll actually let you go first on this. We talk about Chris Paul being a curmudgeon. What would Russell Westbrook do with this roster? Um, score a lot. <laughs> Shoot a lot of shots. Uh, Whatever he, what, what he wants. Tell, <laughs> tell, probably tell Shay to stand in the corner and just do as I say. Um I don't. I don't want to trash the guy, but I mean, we've seen this. We've seen Russell with a, a roster similar to the one Thunder going to, going to try out there. Although I would probably say that, having said that, this roster outside of not having Russell Westbrook is probably more talented than the 2016-17 MVP year. I would, you know, I'd probably say even with a younger Victor Oladipo. But um, no, I mean, some guys, some guys like Shea, some guys like Hamadou Diallo, Deontay Burton, like the younger guys, Darius Baisley, if he ever got some burn with Russell. 
um, would be relegated to just a lot of standing in the corner, get out of the way, and I'll get you the ball whenever I feel like it. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that 2016-17 season, uh, I, I don't think I don't think you could remake that. And I know like a lot of the ingredients could have been there, but that was that was a special thing that had the momentum of Kevin Durant leaving for Golden State and Russ having this giant chip on his shoulder. Russ hasn't really been fully healthy ever since then, right? The past two years, he's had little knee procedures to you know kind of clean him up a little bit. I don't know if you could have recreated that, but I do think Russ would have felt like it's on me. And it would have been the rush show, and you know Gallinari would have would have helped. I, I think adding another scorer out there and, and some of the young guys. But um, in order for the franchise to actually progress to where they want to go next, they sort of had to move on from us. See, I think that's the the, the would have been the biggest problem is that 2016 was the Russell Westbrook and people show. It was all about Russ. It had nothing to do with the Thunder. We, we saw what. Victor Oladipo could be once he got away from that type of uh, environment situation. We saw what some other players, the the first round pick uh, Domas, saw what he could be once he got away. So the same thing I believe would have happened with even more ferocity from Russ this year. But he wouldn't just been mad at Kevin. He would have been mad at the Thunder organization. He would have been mad at obviously all the media. He would have been mad at the players who were there. It would just been one anger fest. And so that have been <laughs> boring and not boring but it's been just a bad situation for everyone so that's why when everyone talked about why did Presti have to trade Russ to me once Paul left it had to be gone because he Sam could see in the future five six months man this is not going to be pretty at all anger fest I love it there is nothing more terrifying than an anger fest led by Russell Westbrook like that is a (laughs) lot of anger because when he gets angry he is angry yeah yeah he does uh, and it's funny because, uh, I mean, it, like Russ was all smiles and, and very relaxed in that Houston uh, interview or, or um, uh, press conference sure. where he was introduced, which we've seen Russ in those situations before where he's actually pretty charming when you take him out of competitive situations. But, uh, man, that, that would have that would have been difficult for a lot of people to, to endure if uh, if you had Russ in there. 1077, the franchise, 1079 in Tulsa, joined by Michael Kinney this hour. Listen, some guests we just call on the phone for five, ten minutes or whatever. I said, we got to get Michael Kinney here for an hour. That guy's killing it, doing great stuff. Uh, he's going to join us next segment. We're talking a little uh, football. We've been promising John Hamm, Brady Trantham, Madison Morris. Madison joins us on her birthday. How'd you enjoy your birthday, Donut? Uh, I haven't eaten my birthday donut yet, but I know I'm going to enjoy it because it looks quite appetizing. And then what about the birthday goldfish? Uh, I'm pumped about the birthday goldfish because everybody knows goldfish is like my favorite snack. So I will enjoy those as well. And uh, get back, maybe, uh, Kenny. She'll tell you about uh, all the gummies that she ate when she was in Colorado. Oh, dear. No, we're not going to talk about that. 1077 <laughs> The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa. When we get back, uh, probably some OU and OSU football talk and we'll finish this thing out. Sports Radio is 1077, The Franchise. Miller Lite and Louis on the Lake present the 6th Annual Franchise Cornhole Cup, Saturday, August 24th, starting at 10 a.m. at Louis on the Lake. Cost is only $50 per two-person team. Don't wait. A limited number of spaces are available. For complete details and to register your cornhole team, go to thefranchiseok.com. 
At Diamonds Direct, we love those who serve and protect us. And it shows with our new and even more generous Heroes in Uniform program. This is for all active military and veterans plus all first responders. You get exclusive price discounts on any purchase plus exclusive long-term 0% financing with no money down options. This is available year-round. It can be used for virtually anything. It's our way of honoring our hometown heroes, those who serve our country and our community, those who make the daily sacrifice, who work hard protecting us, who spend so much time away from their families. To these special men and women, we invite you to our showroom where you'll be treated with respect, you'll be honored, and you'll get our guaranteed best price value plus extra discounts as well as 0% long-term financing with nothing down. If you wear a uniform and are among those who serve and protect us or you're a veteran, all of us at Diamonds Direct stand with you because at Diamonds Direct, we know that sound is not noise. It's the sound of freedom. Diamonds Direct, on North Penn, across from Penn Square Mall. Eskridge Lexus is offering you a golden opportunity to own a Lexus for a limited time during the Lexus Golden Opportunity Days. You can choose any new Lexus model RX or ES and receive $7,000 off the list price and 0.9% interest up to 60 months. This golden opportunity is for a limited time. Don't wait. They have a large selection of new RX and ES models to choose from. Eskridge Lexus has a limited time offer of $7,000 off any new RX or ES models and receive 0.9% interest for 60 months on any new Lexus at Eskridge Lexus. Jim Gaffigan, Secrets and Pies Tour. Hey, you know how the bride throws the bouquet? How about something for the fellas? Two shows Friday, November 15th, the Showplace Theater at Riverwind. Tickets on sale now at riverwind.com. Hey guys, have you been hearing about low T and testosterone therapy? Testosterone is the cornerstone of a man's health. After age 30, we may lose about 2% of our testosterone each year. This causes us to lose energy, get fatter, lose sex drive, and disrupts our sleep. We think we are just getting old when that feeling is really caused by low T. Universal Men's Clinic has local medical providers specializing in restoring your testosterone. We have had success with many patients. Our medical staff will monitor every step of your progress, evaluating your blood levels and symptoms. Within a few weeks, many patients have reported more natural energy and a better sex drive. Within a few months, many active patients report stronger bodies and the physical performance of their younger days. Call Universal Men's Clinic at 405-942-3100. That's 405-942-3100. Or visit universalmensclinic.com. Now is the perfect time to consider membership at the Greens Country Club. Members at the Greens enjoy no minimums and no assessments while engaging in an array of activities on and off the course. Enroll now and receive up to $1,200 in incentives. Whether you and your family would enjoy golf, tennis, or social membership, the Greens offers something for everyone. Join between now and September 1st and pay little to no joining fee. For more info, contact the membership department at 405-751-6266 or visit thegreenscc.com. Make the switch. Oklahoma's new sound for sports. 1077, the franchise. Happy birthday, Madison. Thank you. If you're just now tuning in, Madison has turned 21. 24. 24, 24 years 24. old. 24. Oh, no. I think you're still having your kinsey yet. That's all right. <laughs> no. We need to throw her a quinceanera. I how never many, got one. How many, Okay. Raise your hand if you've been to a quinceanera in this. Have you never been, Brady, wow, to a quinceanera? Two more people a than I actually I've thought. never been invited. No. Oh, my God. Well, I've never been invited. 
But Doing quinceanera? Snuck into my chair. Oh, that is a that okay. Quinceanera is basically uh, like a Hispanic sweet sixteen, except it's at fifteen years old because that's what quinceanera. Well, is. I can only imagine why I haven't been invited now. Yeah. I'm twenty eight years old. Well, your cousin <laughs> or your ne- or your niece or something like that. They learn it's they learn how to dance. Like there's certain quinceanera dances you do. It's it's very it's a prom atmosphere or a wedding a reception. Prom. So like all the boys. Are on one yeah. wall and the the girls are on the other and they just stare at each other awkwardly. Well, that's okay. that's not a Lawton prom. Right? Okay. I don't know how y'all do it wherever that's from, but okay. You're, you're kind of frozen in time there, John. I'm I'm stunned. I'm trying I'm trying to puzzle this out. That's, you okay? If you've never been to a quinceanera, I have not. Find a Latin friend of yours. Okay. Find out if their daughter is close to being around a quinceanera. <laughs> try to get in. Okay. Those are the they are they're just the best throwdowns. Awesome food. Let's get a video of you guys just crashing crashing one. That'd be great. Are you kidding me? I mean, I I, I can tell you. So several years ago, uh, friend, friends of mine got married. Uh, it was uh, Hispanic and, and Caucasian. And so it was mixed families, of course. And so the wedding uh, tried to cater to both. both. Yeah. Okay. And so during all of the Hispanic music, people were up dancing. And and then the then the white music came on. <laughs> oh, no. Nobody wanted to dance to Broken Wings? No one on the floor. No Not a soul. <laughs> This one goes out to the the bride's family. <laughs> Rockstar, there's that drunk uncle. Yeah! <laughs> Shirt that's, off. Top that's, on. that's right. 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa. We usually don't do this on the Franchise Thunder Insider Show, but we're going to do it. It's football season. Brady, you have the uh, new podcast with uh, John Hoover. Go catch that on anywhere that you can find podcasts. Madison Morris, you're covering OSU football for us. You've already uh, been around and, and got some audio. Michael Kenny, my friend, I've been stealing your stuff for the last week and a half because you are on the scene, on fire, getting a bunch of the stuff. So I'm going to start with you real quick. You're around. Uh, OU practice a lot. You're there for the availability. Just give us your feel for the Oklahoma football team so far? It's, uh, is, I want to say half part excitement, half part a little bit uh, um, questioning because you just don't know what's going to happen. This on both sides of the ball. While as established as Lincoln Riley is and his offense is, you still don't know what's going to get out of the quarterback, whether it's going to be Jalen Hurts. According to them, there's still a quarterback competition with uh, Mordecai. Um, so who's going to win that battle? You know, what's going to happen with the offensive line? You're replacing four new starters who all went on to play in the NFL. People literally keep forgetting that part. They always want to talk about who's going to be taking the snaps instead of the four people who's going to be protecting them. And then – you don't know what's going to happen on the defensive side. you got this new defensive coordinator who comes in. He's aggressive. He's kind of loud. He's in your face. But he seems to have the defensive players excited about being out there, has them saying all the right things and doing all the right things. But once again, you will not know exactly what's going to happen until that first game when they face Houston on September 1st. So there's, like I said, there's excitement and there's just there's questions. There's people wondering what is there going to be a fall off with what we've seen the last two years at Oklahoma to get to the college football playoffs two years in a row, the number one draft pick to Heisman Trophy winners has been all great. But now what what are we going to see? That's what that's the big question. Brady, the injury bugs already bitten uh, Oklahoma. How do you think they're going to come back from that? Um, well, you can always throw out the cliche that if you're going to have a season season ending injury, um, have it 
during the off season because it gives you a little bit more time to better find better facilitate the guy who's going to have to step up in that position. Um, but overall, I mean, with OU and I almost said the Thunder <laughs> with uh, <laughs> with OU, it just really comes down to um, because you're you're hearing a lot of the the good things about how these players like Kenneth Murray. Um, uh, uh, Trey Brown, I think, uh, also said, Buki Radley Howe said it this past week, they've all learned, that, they've said that they've learned their lessons from last year. They have positive mindsets moving forward, and that's all well and good in uh, fall camp. But once you get two or three games into the season and some mistakes have been made, because mistakes will happen, and that's just like Alabama's defense makes mistakes. Uh, but once those mistakes start to pile up, how do you then bounce back from a pile of mistakes? And as we've seen over the last few years with Oklahoma's defense, particularly the secondary, it would just get worse and worse and worse and worse. And that might be the player's fault. That might have been Mike Stoops' fault for not being able to communicate to these players better. Um, whatever it was, that's kind of the test that Alex Grinch has because OU's defensive talent, it's not where they want it to be, but they do have some talent. Let's stop pretending that they're all scrubs out there. And um, it's just going to be Alex Grinch's test of um, when th- once those mistakes happen, can you still get to these guys? And if they can, if he can, then OU's defense might make some improvements. Uh, Madison, the overriding question up in Stillwater, mm-hmm. not who's going to be the quarterback. Do you trust Mike Gundy to make the right decision on the quarterback? Yes and no. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm a little torn about it, not because I don't have confidence in Mike Gundy to make the right decision. I, I just, I think right now it's so hard to tell because the, neither of these guys, except for, I think like the one snap that Drew Brown had in the bowl game last year, not, neither of these guys have been out in front of, um, Oklahoma state fans on Boone Pickens, like actually playing a game yet. So they could be absolutely fantastic and practice and look really good, really sharp, really precise, but you can throw a guy out there and he can totally tank at any second. And so I don't, I I don't see anything wrong with immediately like pulling someone out of the game. If they're not living up to their standards, if they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing, if they're not just executing the game plan and what is laid out for them. Uh, But at the same time, I think it's going to frustrate a lot of people if someone's thrown out there and they're not doing what they're supposed to do. And it's just like tanking, especially in these first few games, because I was listening to uh, the Triple M Ranch the other day. And I completely agree with Sam's outburst this time that I mean, it was an it was an outburst. And I completely agree. Like, if you don't take these first couple of games with ease, that's going to be so telling of uh, of the season for the Cowboys. And so you have to make the right decision. You have to get these guys trained and prepared. And I have full confidence that Mike Gundy can do that. It's just kind of a matter of asking, you know, like. Is it is it going to be enough? Have they had enough preparation? Are they going to be ready? And are they going to be able to take all the pressure that comes with it? The good thing for Oklahoma State, though, because um, I don't know if you guys are aware, but Oregon State was probably worse than Kansas last year. They are yeah. terrible. <laughs> and so if, if Mike Gundy has to make a decision as to who's going to start that game, but he's still kind of like, but the other guy has some talent, I I'm not 100% sure. Oklahoma State should be in a position in that game, even on the road, to play both of them, not because not out of necessity, but because okay, like this game, like we're up fifteen, we're up twenty. Let's put the other guy out there and see what he can do. Yeah, test the waters a little bit. I mean, why not, right? I mean, one thing I can guarantee you: opening the opening game, OSU is going to win. Okay, John, but which one? Oh, the orange and black one. 
<laughs> oh wait! I wish he was going to win. Oh wait! Oh, you remember those Al- um, Alamo oh, Bowl God. jokes when they played Ohio State? <laughs> I'm gonna bet Ohio. I'm gonna bet OSU. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Oh, ah, yeah. And then Les Miles left at halftime. The yeah. question I would have about Oklahoma State, and maybe you can answer this, Madison, is: Have they gotten over just how bad they were? last year and how yeah. they just took a step back offensively. I mean, everyone was talking about the quarterback being more of a uh, Christian Okoye type uh, quarterback, which mm-hmm. you, you really don't hear those comparisons too much. So this, how has the offense and just the team in general just responded just from almost taking a step back last year? Because you don't, when you could try to compare them to, let's say, Oklahoma or something like that, you don't take that big of a, mm-hmm. a drop back. Are they back to where they were when they were trying to compete for uh, Big 12 titles. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> you say that, but I watched the Bedlam game last year on YouTube the other day, and my goodness, OSU's offense looked awesome. <laughs> and oh, you couldn't do anything to stop them. They're one completion away from, from losing the game. I mean, if uh, yeah, corn, if Corndog can, can complete a pass, they, they might win Bedlam, OSU. Yeah. So, hey, you want versatility. The uh, Franchise Thunder Insider Show got you covered. Uh, we just don't cover the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder like a blanket. We take care of all of this. We're long, we're athletic, and we're versatile. Yes, we hey, are. Yeah. And cannot shoot a jumper to save our <laughs> lives. And last week, uh, we talked a lot about the OKC Blue. Yes, we, we did. did. Yes, we did. Uh, Kenny, your thoughts on the blue and the new coach? <laughs> well, the, for the 30 fans who show up uh, for their games, you know, it's probably something new this year. Well, not much. But <laughs> you, Now, you've been to your share of blue games. Yes, I yes. know. First of all, they have uh, they put on a nice show. It's, it's almost uh, thunder light. So you still see the same storm chasers, still see oh, some of the same uh, <laughs> some of the same cheerleaders, but they have fun for the like I said, the thirty, the fifty people who actually show up. When I was nineteen and twenty, I used to drink a ton of Thunderlight. It's fine. It's uh, it'll get it'll get you going yeah. uh, wherever you need to be. One hundred seven seven the franchise. One hundred seven nine in Tulsa. Producer show coming up after us, and then after that, a classic OU game. It is the two thousand one Texas OU game. Am I saying it wrong? Oh, OU Texas game. Sorry, I'm reading it there wrong. There you here. go. OU Texas game. <laughs> the uh, Superman game. I mean, so. it's correct to say it that way because it's alphabetical. You know, oh, yeah. becomes comes before well, T. I, mean. I don't know if you know this. My wife is from Texas. My wife's from Houston, Texas, and a lot of her family call it the Texas OU game. Well, th- that's just narcissistic. That that makes no sense. <laughs> so, but that well, that game in particular though was the OU Texas game. It's kind of like the Thunder Insider Show, John Hamm and Jerry Ramsey. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Saying it incorrectly would be Jerry Ramsey and John if Hamm. There's, if there's one one guy that I will take second billing to, nope, that even hurts to say. Damn it, I was going to try to do it, and it didn't work out at all. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> the, uh, th- the NBA schedule uh, is scheduled to be released on Tuesday, correct? Is I, Monday. 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 So the NBA schedule is uh, going to be on Monday. So we're going to get to find out all these comebacks and where they're coming from, right? Where it, where in is Russell Westbrook coming up? Although it's already been leaked, it's going to be somewhere in January. 9th, right? Yeah, January 9th. Uh, Paul George, when does he come back? Obviously, Kevin Durant, uh, the way he comes back is the same way he's come back for the last couple of years. Uh, he'll be on some sort of crutch somewhere missing. <laughs> bummer. Uh, but it is a bummer. The Jeremy Grant revenge game. Right. Uh, just a ton of stuff going on as far as Monday. The campaign game. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Really? The Toronto Raptor campaign. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'll start I thought he was with the Mavericks. I'll start off. Just in Summer League. 
He signed with the Raptors. <laughs> I'll start off with you, birthday girl. Okay. Uh, what comeback are you circling next year? Um, I, honestly, like. <laughs> This sounds weird, but I really am excited for the Denver Nuggets game just because I was such a fan of Jeremy Grant. Yeah. And, like, you guys have been talking a lot about how Victor Oladipo, he really evolved when he left Oklahoma City. Uh, Russell Westbrook, we have hopes that he's going to evolve somehow, some way, um, now that he's in Houston. But I'm really excited to see how Jeremy Grant is going to evolve just because he was one of my favorite players to watch while he was here in Oklahoma City. And so, obviously, I'm going to be stoked for the Houston game because everybody else is, but I'm looking forward to that Nuggets game. I am looking forward to uh, two comeback games. Neither one of them involve Oklahoma City. Okay. One of them is Kawhi Leonard back to Toronto. Yes. I'm really in Toronto, I'm curious to see what the... Re- I'm sure it's going to be pretty positive because like, there's going to be yay. a banner up there. He's going to get his ring before the game. And yeah, it's going to be uh, a beautiful moment. couple of golf claps. Kawhi back to San Antonio, too. Now that he's gone and won an NBA title <laughs> and went to California like a lot of people thought he wanted to San go. San Antonio is so classy, though. They would never do what this trash Oklahoma City team, <laughs> <laughs> this trash Oklahoma City fan base has done to Kevin Durant. I don't yeah. know if, it, and I, it's not me speaking. I'm just talking about what they say on Twitter, right? Of about course, Oklahoma yes. City, right. but they would never. They, it's San Antonio is going to give them a standing. Thunder up. fans, if you're you know still upset about the Paul George trade and how everything worked out, remember what Sam Presti got for the Paul George trade. He got Shea, Danello bunch of draft picks. What did San Antonio get for Kawhi Leonard? Oh. <laughs> Jakob Pertle. <laughs> Brady, Brady, it could always be worse. What are you looking forward to, Brady? Um, actually, um, I, this is a little off the wall, but it's because I didn't get a chance to see him in Summer League, and I thought I was going to be able to. I can't wait for New Orleans and Zion to come to Oklahoma City. I'm, I didn't get it, like... I didn't get to go to the, uh, I think I went to Summer League on the Monday following, I guess, that game, the New Orleans and Knicks game, uh, was played on a Friday night, and then later on, Paul got traded, everything changed, and then Zion got taken out of Summer League because he had a knee injury, so they didn't get a chance to see him play in person, so I'm looking forward to that. You didn't miss much. Did you <laughs> Did you use air quotes when you said injury? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know, because he didn't seem that hurt when he went to the SPs like two days later. Yeah, he looked fine. Kenny? Uh, I think I'm listen, looking forward to a couple of them. Um, Chris Paul going back to Houston yep. uh, to see how that uh, response is going to be. I guarantee you it will not be a friendly atmosphere. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Boston coming to Oklahoma City to see Enos Kanter. Uh, continue his work against uh, Stephen Adams. Uh, <laughs> last time we saw this too. Uh, That's my favorite. Yeah. Enos seemed to have uh, I don't want to say his way, but I don't think uh, Stephen wants to see too much of them outside of their uh, bro stash um, friendship off the court. And then uh, I want to see New Orleans um, or the oh, Lakers at yeah. New Orleans. Yeah. Anthony Davis. Oh, my God. At, yeah. And LeBron and everyone else. The Rich Paul. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly what it is. And so that to me, well, I don't know if that's going to be the – uh, game of the year that everyone's going to be looking forward to, but uh, for me, once again, I'm, I'm and this the, the Kawhi and uh, Clippers. Obviously, anytime they play, Kawhi, how he used the Lakers to be able to, to get what he wanted with the, yeah. the Clippers. I want to see how that's going to turn its way into into a, hopefully a, a nice rivalry. Now, uh, one, one thing about it: when Chris Paul goes back to Houston, uh, the reception was probably going to be mild because fans don't show up until like eight thirty. So it, it's <laughs> it, it'll it'll be a growing uh, sentiment Houston throughout traffic the evening. Joke. No, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to um, um, 
uh, AD's return, Anthony Davis's return to New Orleans as well. I want to see Antonio Daniels return here. Actually, <laughs> honestly, I want because I, I'm really curious as to what Anthony Davis's costume designer has in store for him to wear walking into the <laughs> arena that night. I am looking forward to Christmas. Because I ain't working. We got the day off. It's the awesome. First time in a decade, the Oklahoma City Thunder will not be playing a Christmas game. Oh no! Oh the no! Denver and well, what's the Western one that everybody is crying about? Uh, Denver and uh, well, the, New Orleans are playing. Denver yeah. and New Orleans got a Christmas game. How come it wasn't Oklahoma City and Houston? Because it's Christmas. Chill out. <laughs> you know what, New Orleans, uh, Denver, enjoy your Christmas in Denver. Enjoy it. Uh, yes, I am looking forward to that. And then just, I'm looking forward to opening night. Because what does the NBA schedulers? have planned for Oklahoma City opening night. Because I hate to say this, and a part of me doesn't believe it, but Oklahoma City is irrelevant this year. Mm. Mm. Oklahoma City is not in a Western Conference chase. They don't have superstars all around. They're irrelevant. So where are they going to have Oklahoma City opening night? I I wonder, I mean, my hunch, my guess, is going to be at Utah. And remember last year, they they were at Golden State. That was the season opener. Um, I, I just I just have Utah in the back of my mind. That oh, Oklahoma City at Utah, right? You want to talk about two explosive metropolises <laughs> going at it. My goodness. All right. 1077 The Franchise, 107.9 in Tulsa. Madison, it is your birthday. Yeah. So uh, what I've done is I've oh, organized the Franchise Weekend uh, Choir. <clears throat> Franchise oh, no. weekend, men, men's. Well, I'll say men's. It's fine. Uh, yes, the men's choir. Uh, usually, we go traveling around and we'll sing to orphans. Uh, but we take this time to spend a little time to dedicate a little something to you. Left right now. Uh, let's go, John Ham, Aaron Davis, Brady Trantham, Brandon Conover. Whoa, <laughs> Brady Conover. You're only my intern for like a year. Chisholm Holland, Michael Kenny. And Jerry Ramsey. This is our rendition, the franchise men's weekend choir of Happy Birthday. Oh my gosh. Three, two, one. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Madison. With a DD and a Y. Happy birthday to you. Feliz Cuplia. Okay, never mind. We're not going to do that. There you go. Happy birthday, Madison. The producer show next. Enjoy. This has been the Franchise Thunder Insider Show on 1077 The Franchise, 1079 in Tulsa.